0: Welcome to Happily Ever After, the podcast that talks about the mysterious world of divorce and uncoupling and living happily ever after heartbreak. I am your host, Hannah Harvey. I am a writer and an award-winning parenting blogger at mumsdays.com, that's M-U-M-S-D-A-Y-S.com. It would make my day if you could subscribe and leave a review so more people can find this podcast. I would also love to hear from you, so contact me through Instagram at hharveywrites with your stories of divorce and heartbreak, any thoughts that you might have on the episode or even questions you may want answering. You can find all the details from this episode in the show notes. Hello and welcome to another episode of Happily Ever After. And today I've got a really um, interesting episode with. I think we're friends, aren't we now? Yes. <laughs> so we met. I actually met Lee um, just before lockdown, because Lee is um, a writer and a speaker, but she's also the founder of something called Insta Sisters, which is up here in the northeast. Um, and I'd been seeing loads about it on Instagram, and I was like, oh, I really wanted to start getting out more. I, th- I think I had. Just had Nancy, but I was like dipping my toe back in the water of um, blogging again, and so I went along to one of um, Lee's events, and it was in John Lewis, and we all got to try on nice clothes.
1: And <laughs> that was such a lovely <laughs> It night. was really nice. Yeah. Was that
0: one of the last ones?
1: Yeah, before the pandemic. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, Insta Sisters was a special group, and it definitely helped to sort of help women thrive. I would say it was the aim of the group. So. Yeah.
0: I think when I first came along, I was just like, gosh, I didn't realize how many women because it was like a really lovely big group and then there were people there that I actually already knew and I was like, oh, you're here too. And it was just such a nice uh, way to connect with other people that are just wanting to do stuff for themselves and, yeah, ambition and all the things that can get pushed to one side when you start getting married and having families. And That's
1: it. I think. Um, I think the importance of... Community is is at the heart of it all. I think it's so important. We live I suppose we live in a society now where um community's sort of fallen by the wayside Mm -hmm. sometimes. Um and they say it takes a village, um, and it really does. Um, especially Mm -hmm. when you're going through something like divorce or separation. Um, so I guess my aim was just to because at the, at the time I was just working at home from the kitchen table and felt really isolated and realized if I felt that way, then other women must feel that way. And so decided one day on a lengthy walk that I needed to do something about it. Um, and Insta Sisters was born, and yeah, it went from strength to strength. And it, it just showed me it's just so needed community for women um, and men, but community yeah. is just vitally important. So, totally. Yeah.
0: Mm. And one of the big themes around Insta Sisters was this idea of kind of, um, you know, empowerment. And that was when we first reconnected, we were talking, you know, we've both been through a divorce. And as we were chatting, it became obvious that for both of us, this idea of victim mode is something that we've both sort of had to work through. um, And I guess just look at the ways that we can continue our lives after the tough time that we've had. So do you mind telling us a little bit about your, um, I guess your experience of divorce and where you are now with it?
1: Yeah, so um, basically I separated from my ex-husband five years ago, so it's been a really long journey. Yeah, it's been a really long journey. And um, the divorce only really started at the start, it coincided with the start of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and eventually settled at Christmas 2021. um, After which I believed I was gonna have my Nicole Kidman moment um, (laughs) and (laughs) skip down the street from my lawyer's office. Um, But unfortunately it just, it hit me like a train. The trauma of, of what I'd been through, the actual, yeah, the, the the first the marriage and then the separation, but then also the divorce process itself I found very traumatic. So um, and it took me to dig very very deep to to get through that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely again that's a time where community becomes important and your support network so becomes much. so important. Yeah. Yeah, Um, which was tricky because I was in the pandemic Mm -hmm. and in a barn in the middle of nowhere, very isolated. Um, But I just, uh, thankfully I had done a lot of counseling and coaching Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of healing work on myself even before I left the marriage. Um, Because I think at the point that I, before I left, I was so lost, I'd lost my identity so much that I needed to almost build myself up to the point of having the confidence and the self-worth to leave. So yeah. I built myself up to that point and left and then continued the healing work. And that's been ongoing through the whole time. So I built my own resilience and my own skills and coping tools mm-hmm. um, through all those kinds of work, including somatic therapies as well. Um, I've done a lot of healing work and I think... I don't know where i would be honestly without all of that um, and without the support of obviously amazing friends and family as well for sure mm-hmm.
0: absolutely
1: but touching on your point about victimhood because yeah. i think it's a really important point that you make so um it is because um there's a lot of shaming of um, victims of abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's about the culture that we live in, to be honest. And um, I think it's fair to say, we still live in a fairly toxic patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And I think that it often benefits men to shame women, if I can say that, or to, or to keep women small, or to, we're, we're almost conditioned that we have to be the good girl. And so we're, we're taught how to stay quiet um, for the benefit of others. Absolutely. And um, so what I think the way that I understood it was that it's, it's really important to own your story. So it's really important to share your story. If you have been a victim, that's OK, you can own it. But what you don't want to do is slide into victim consciousness. You don't want to unpack and live there. You don't want becoming a victim to become your your narrative and and your your identity, identity. yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where the difference comes in. So um, I obviously write a lot for my um, Instagram account, Mm -hmm. The Life She Built, um, and I'm very authentic and vulnerable on that account. And so I have shared some of my experiences But I'm very, very careful about how I approach that. And I always want to approach it from a point of empowerment. So, yes, this may have happened to me, but what did I do to get myself out of that situation? Or, yes, um, this has happened in my life, but... How did I um, find the strength to pull myself out, or what can other people do to take themselves out of a very difficult situation? And I think that's potentially the difference because I see a lot of women, if you think about it, more, almost half of marriages end in divorce now, I mm-hmm. think, statistically. And I do, I've come across a lot of women who have unfortunately remained in victim mode, um, and you see them it almost can eat you up. It's like being eaten up by bitterness and resentment. Um, And I think that's a really dangerous place to be. Because almost then, the person that you were with your ex partner wins, they get to win because they get to overtake the rest of your life. And for me, it was really, really important that I found a way to rise above and heal myself. I think accountability and personal responsibility is really important in all of this I don't know if you found that well, I
0: think that's been the main thing for me is to be like that wasn't very fun but which part did I play in it and what can I control now to make sure that what I do next is what I really want
1: yeah and it's horrendously painful isn't it <laughs> the levels of discomfort when you reach that point in your recovery which we all need to of okay what what role did I play in this yeah. you know but and I think that's the healthy way
0: to childhood to work out how you ended up where you did like I've got memories that I had to unpack with therapists of being like there was a time when I wasn't given a hot dog. That is like a movie in my brain. And what it basically told my three-year-old self was, you're not good enough, you couldn't have this thing. And I yeah. didn't sign up for myself and neither did any of the people around me. Yeah. And it seems to stem back from that. Yeah.
1: I think the reality is that every time we go through a process like this, we're taken back to childhood. Mm-hmm. So um, what I've learned is what you often do, especially in terms of relationships, is you continue to attract whatever is familiar from childhood Mm -hmm. and and you know if for example you had um you know painful cycles that played out in your parents relationship then you're more likely to play out those same patterns in your own relationships as an adult Mm -hmm. And that is the part that you are then responsible for healing so that you then don't make the courageous decision to leave a marriage, but then end up recreating that in your next relationship just with a different face. Because that does happen. We we totally repeat does. and repeat until we heal. So that's what
0: feels comfortable and familiar and all those pathways in your brain are like oh that's a motorway we get exactly what to do in that situation and then you're just in exactly the same situation but it's not the easy route
1: no there it's hellish discomfort to put yourself in it I, i made a conscious decision i knew that a lot of things were coming up for me not just in the marriage but from from my childhood and i made a conscious decision to put myself through the discomfort because I wanted to write a different story for my future. And I, I I've in particular, wanted to write a different story for Poppy, who's my daughter. Mm-hmm. And actually, it can feel so painful to put yourself through. And you know, I have to be honest, it's a year's worth of work, depending on what you've been through. But if you think about your own children, often as women, it's like the, the greatest motivating factor, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the cycle will end with me that that's what I've kept coming back to I don't want Poppy to be sitting in a therapist chair in 10 15 years time you know having gone through a hugely traumatic childhood yeah. and you know so it's about protecting your own children as much as possible
0: do you know what's interesting about that is so many people stay for the kids I know. and then it's a really that's it's I don't know it's just not the right way around is it you feel like you're doing the right thing by them but actually they pick up on so much more that than we do in terms of like facial cues and all that kind of stuff they're like sponges for atmosphere so if you're not happy they know about it and they're probably thinking it's my fault
1: Mm -hmm. they absorb it all they are like sponges um and yeah i think i start i used to say um many years ago i was staying for poppy um and then slowly 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 as i worked on myself i realized i was leaving for poppy Mm -hmm. and that was a huge shift and also one of the most important things I learned was that children only need one safe parent. Yeah. Yeah. For them to, because obviously the aim for us for our children is for them to grow up into secure adults with a secure attachment and they can get that from just one parent. So, um, if you are a mom who is resilient enough and courageous enough to leave something that's unhealthy and then do the healing work, then, um, bring your child up in a way which is safe and secure there's a chance that they they could get out of it unscathed so yeah which is which is my hope for Poppy
0: so yeah we touched on this earlier but um when we say shifting out of victim mode I don't want anybody to think that you you know that means you're not allowed to think of yourself as a victim and I think people who have maybe been in abusive relationships or anything like that, they're probably unlikely to think of themselves as victims anyway, because often the result of that relationship is you're constantly questioning yourself anyway and being like, it's my fault, I should have done this, I should have done that, this, that and the other. So this process of maybe acknowledging that something really shit has happened is one thing, And staying stuck is like maybe a separate thing, but a very important part of it is making sure that you're still setting boundaries and doing everything you possibly can to look after your children. And not mistaking that for quote unquote victim mode and like feeling sorry for yourself. Mm Because I think in this culture, like you touched on earlier, this kind of toxic idea of, oh, everybody loves being the victim that's not what you're doing. It's almost the opposite. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to stand up and say this isn't right, and I want my children to be safe, that's very different, don't you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a very different narrative. But I think I think what's important is anyone going through um, a separation. It, there's a world of grief involved in that. Um, it, 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 there's so much grief, and I think allowing yourself the space to actually go through the grief and really feel it. I think that's also different from being a victim. Yeah, Um, like totally sit and feel sad and go into a blanket and eat
0: ice cream. Of course. Do all the sad things. Of course,
1: and be really, really kind and gentle with yourself in that process. Um, And, you know, grief looks different for everyone. All of our circumstances are different, so, you know one's person's grief will last you know a very different amount of time to another person's but I think the point is at some point on your journey there has to be a shift towards okay I'm going to start and take control here start and empower myself to then create the next chapter of my life which you know I guess it's about asking yourself, what is your truest, most beautiful life? And what does that look like? What does that feel like? Because I think there's a lot of stigma around divorce and separation, but the reality is it can be a beautifully empowering experience Mm -hmm. and we can reframe it. So Um, it gives you a gorgeous opportunity as an adult to reassess where you're at in your life, what you would like your life to look and feel like, what kind of home you would like to create for your children um, and yourself. And I think that that's just a a beautiful way to reframe what is a really, really difficult time of your life.
0: Okay, so for me, I found that I had all these massive dreams and this idea that I was like, right, I'm ready to move on and I'm going to do... um this next great thing, but in my head, it was like, it had to be amazing. Mm-hmm. It couldn't be just like a stepping stone type effect. Mm-hmm. So I got frozen for about six months from when I had an idea to actually starting,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where I just felt stuck. And it was the old narrative again, I think like what you were saying of all the things that have come up in the past, I'm just not good enough to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so even though I it was maybe like a year and a half after we'd split up and I was like, Right, I've got this amazing idea and I'm gonna move on and then frozen, couldn't do anything.
1: But I think that would that's perfectly normal really because your whole world we think about it, your whole world's just been absolutely obliterated and quite often that will take all of your sense of identity, confidence, self worth with it. And you have to sort of i suppose that's that comes down to what the name of my instagram account is the life she built i yeah. literally feel like i've had to rebuild from absolute scratch yeah, like brick um, by brick approach yeah yeah and it really has been you know a lot of toil to get there but i think that comes back speaks to the part about going and getting the external support yeah. i d- I, d- I think it's very very hard to get through an experience like this without some kind of professional support I would agree yeah Yeah, for sure so you know that's that's sort of the stepping stone to you you know getting back to your own sense of self and self-worth and then from there you can springboard into you know your big dreams and aspirations (laughs) sure enough uh,
0: one of the really big things that helped me was knowing that you can just do a little thing every day it doesn't yeah. have to be huge and momentous yes. um and my so my ex was very successful and i think i pinned a lot of my self-worth to the idea that the only way i could be good is if i was really successful yeah whereas actually it takes shit loads of work to get to the point where you're really successful and it's like years of like brick by brick and one day it might just be you managed to write 100 words and the next day you've written 1,000 and mm-hmm. or, you, you know, you've gone and done Oprah. Obviously, that's the next step after, <laughs> after our podcast
1: for sure. Why? Obviously. Um, well, it's on my vision board, so. Oh <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and I think it's just taking the pressure off. And being like it doesn't have to have happened yesterday, it can happen in three, four, five, ten years time. Yeah.
1: I I always remember this quote vividly. I mean, there's a lot there's lots of quotes um on my Instagram and and one of them was about um be sure in ten years time you can say you chose your life and you didn't just settle for it. Mm. And that really hit me hard. But what also hit me hard was the ten years. And i was like wow why would anyone put in 10 years be sure you chose your life and now that i'm you know i'm not out the other side of my journey yet um and i'm definitely a good i would say six to seven years in (laughs) and you know the reality is i don't know if you find it but this is a long haul situation it's a total transformation of your life it's a total rebuild so it's gonna take time. And the only way to get through that, I believe, is by being extremely gentle with yourself and extremely kind to yourself. And like you say, baby steps forward every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a lot of tools myself that I feel like really maybe ground me every day. And um, I think that's become really, um critical to to my life and my progress so for for example gratitude um like literally writing down five things i'm grateful for every day um and meditation has become massive for me because that's where i think i get you know the space and i can connect with my intuition and things like that and getting out in nature for walks and things like that there's so much we can do to really support ourselves through the process as well so
0: Um, We're gonna take a very quick break and then Lee's gonna give us her top tips to get out of victim mode. I would love to invite you to join the Happily Ever After community. We now have a closed Facebook group where we talk about all things post-separation, support each other, and it's just a great place to ask questions, talk about how you're feeling, and to move away from the dreaded isolation that divorce and separation can cause. Within this group is a monthly live Q&A session with me, and often um, an expert guest. Uh, And they are so much fun, we basically all get together and you can ask your specific questions live or you can send them in advance and I'll get them answered. Um, And as we move into the winter months, I'm also going to be introducing a free forest yoga class with meditation, which you can either do live with me or just watch back later. So if this sounds like something you would like to join, please head to hannaharvey.uk forward slash community and sign up for the newsletter I will send you an invite to the Facebook community and also keep you up to date with any news such as the live Q& A's and the next yoga. Okay, we're back now and I'm here with Lee um, from the Life She Built and you were gonna give us your final sort of thoughts on how you feel you can get out of that victim mode.
1: Yeah, I think one of the trickiest things to probably talk about is the concept of forgiveness. What's that? Um, <laughs> and I mean, yeah, forgiveness for yourself, but also forgiveness for your ex-partner and potentially, um, you know, your your ex-family as well mm-hmm. um, for things that you might have gone through. Um, because I think that... Ultimately, forgiveness is for you. It's not for the person who has done you wrong or treated you badly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's this idea that for us to move on and really thrive in our lives we really really need to let go of the painful stuff yeah. and I think that's probably one of the most challenging things that we have to do after divorce and not everyone can get there and mm-hmm. um, I've had to work very very hard at it um, but I'm motivated by Poppy and my daughter and to to make sure that she is okay with the whole situation Um, but also for myself because I guess that kind of anger, bitterness, resentment, hurt, it it can just sort of it's like a poison that can yeah. seep through your body. And the reality is that the only person that's affected is you. Yeah. And your ex partner is going around life totally unaffected by mm. the feelings that are going on within your own body. Um and and so I think that it's really important, if you can, when the time is right for you to get to a point of letting go of, of all of these really difficult feelings, because that's the time you're going to be able to reach peace. and peace is so important in this process otherwise why have you put yourself through it Mm -hmm. you know if you're going to remain in a state of turbulence internally um so i I mean i've done lots of cord cutting meditations (laughs) um which have been really really helpful but i think it's true we have um energetic ties to our exes yeah and i've done a lot of
0: them too it's
1: so hard Mm -hmm. to to work through sort of letting go of those ties um but it's so liberating when you can get there um so now when it comes to my ex-husband i literally i feel absolutely nothing there's just absolutely no feelings which would have been unthinkable a few years ago Mm -hmm. so it shows me how far i've come but i think for me to achieve the life that i want to create that had to be part of the puzzle I think
0: you're so right. Because it's just toxic otherwise. And like you say, it's not affecting anybody else except you and your children.
1: Exactly, exactly. And the whole point is for you guys to be able to create this beautiful... New family unit for yourselves and to live with real throw
0: cushions as you want. Yeah,
1: all the throws (laughs) and throw cushions that you could ever want. Yes, so yeah, there's lots of hope for the future.
0: There is. We're both on the other side, and we both went through a rough ride. So at least, if anybody's listening at the beginning of the process you're going to be okay.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, it's always really comforting to I mean, I would never wish this on anybody. Um, but it's really comforting to be with someone who's gone through the process and really understands what it's yeah. like. It's one of those things that you can't understand until you've actually been through it. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely say to anybody that it can be one of the most empowering things you could ever do for yourself. So if you are hearing those little voices of discontent inside, then I really hope you can find the strength to act on them.
0: Yeah. And you can reach out to me and Lee, can't
1: they? Anytime. Okay. I'm all, my DMs are always open and I'm often um, communicating with people online to try mm-hmm. and support them through difficult situations. Mm-hmm. Yes. Same here.
0: And so I'll link to all of the links so you can connect with me and Lee in the show notes. But thank you so much. Thanks for coming so on. much
1: for having me, Hannah. It's, it's been so a lovely joy. to see
0: you again <laughs> and to finally <laughs> connect properly after all these years of a, divorce, and B, lockdown. So, yeah. honestly, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, have a great week, and I will see you next time for another episode of Happily Ever After with me, Hannah Harvey. I would be forever in your debt if you could leave a review and subscribe as this helps more people find our podcast. And, of course, if you have a friend who might enjoy this episode, please do recommend they listen to. For anything else, thoughts on this episode or questions for future episodes, you can get in touch with me either through Instagram at hharveywrites or by my website hannahharvey.com.